There are so many scams going around on the internet these days. Send me $19.95 and I will tell you how to avoid them. Now, this hilarious quote is one that I found online on a website called the Blue Skunk Blog. So basically, it's kind of a punch at someone scamming, telling someone how to avoid being scammed. Now, it's funny, but it's sad at the same time because there are so many scams going around on the internet these days or just in business in general. And one that I'm going to talk about today are Christian entrepreneurs or Christian scammers. This is a new or really not so new thing about Christian scammers because it's really been going around since the beginning of time or so what it seems like. Christians who are using their platform to take advantage of other believers or other followers or just other people who want to try to improve their lives in general. Now, the latest of the Christian entrepreneurs and scammers who have, now normally these are um, Christian leaders or those who are in positions of leadership in the Christian community. Like everything, not all are bad. But as we see, not all are good. Now, the latest who have made headlines, who have been called out as alleged Christian scammers, are Dana Chanel and Prince Donnell. So today we're going to kind of use this situation and this unfortunate situation as a teachable moment. And we're going to talk about how to avoid being scammed when you are working with business-to-business collaborations. So keep on listening for more of this hot, juicy topic. Welcome back for another episode of Dreamers Den Podcast. I am your host, Danielle Towner. And if you're back for a second, third, or umpteenth time, welcome back. And if this is your first time Thank you for coming on to listen to me and I help entrepreneurs make their dreams work and build their online presence and brand awareness through website design, content marketing, and digital products. So today I'm doing another chill episode. I started doing those last week with the episode about getting to know me. So if you didn't have a chance to catch that one, Go back about two episodes so that you can get to know a little bit about me. And this time we're going to do a chill episode kind of talking about a topic that has been part of the Christian entrepreneur community. Now, a few weeks back, well, let's 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 roll back. So we're going to we're talking a little bit about Dana Chanel and Prince Donnell. And these two people are they're known as a power couple. They are entrepreneurs who have a tax business, Jumping Jack Tax. And they also have are affiliated with several other businesses, one being the credit repair business, Alakazam mobile app, and Dana Chanel owns Curl Bible and A Sprinkle of Jesus. So those are some of the companies that they own or are affiliated with. Now, I came across them on Instagram one day. That's one of the platforms that I use. My main platforms are Pinterest, Instagram, and of course, video, audio, podcasting, and blogging. But of 
Social media are social media type platforms. Pinterest and Instagram are my main sources. So I came across Prince Donnell on Instagram. I don't remember exactly how, but it was probably, he was probably coming up in either a hashtag that I follow or in like the the search feed, like where you can see feeds from different people on different topics. I started kind of looking at some of his posts and watching some of the videos that he posted and also looking at some of like he would post some of the clips from his million dollar life lessons podcast so I started looking at some of those and then I eventually followed and that's where I learned more about him and his wife and you know the moves that they were making in business and I was impressed with that as it seems that that others were impressed with it as well but just recently just recently I saw that I didn't notice I noticed that I wasn't seeing posts from him but you know I kind of didn't think anything of it because I don't everybody doesn't catch everything from everybody especially with you know how crazy and how much the algorithms change people could switch the times that they're posting and you know, when you start growing your following too, or they start growing their following, you just start missing things. So sometimes you something happens and you don't really think about it as, oh, hey, what happened to them? Then I saw a video that he posted. It was talking about his absence on IG, and he was basically explaining that he had been off of social media for a few months and he said that things had been it had been a really crazy July with the text with the July tax extension that was happening, but he said that it was, that was a good thing um, because that was great for business. Um, And then he went on to talk about that he was not going to address the allegations against him for wrongdoing to his clients and his business affiliates and that they should take him to court if they feel like he has done anything wrong and that he is willing to handle it in court. Okay, so let's pause on that. We're going to revisit that shortly. But he announced that his wife was pregnant and that he would be taking some time off from social media to plan for a huge business expansion and just to get his mind right for becoming a father and make sure that he was the best father that he could be and, you know, all of that. So that's what he addressed. So he kind of just breezed by the topic kind of sort of just breezed by the topic about the wrongdoings but I was just like hmm I I mean I didn't think anything of it then I was kind of more you know like oh congratulations on him for for making the business expansion and congrats to his wife on the pregnancy that's what I was thinking and I'm like well I'm you know not sure if going off of social media was the best move but if that's what it takes to focus and if it's not a huge part of your revenue model then so be it so didn't think anything of it then but I was in a live stream of King Ashley Ann's but this happened to be one of her live chill scopes because I do listen to a lot of her live streams and learn 
a lot about monetizing Instagram and Facebook and Instagram ads and Facebook. I've purchased some of her bundle courses and I'm claiming that she's going to be my business coach one day. But anyway, I was on there watching her live, one of her live chill scopes and one of the topics was talking about scammers just among other things and somebody in there posted more than once that Dana Chanel was a scammer so after seeing these things come up more than once I'm like what in the world is going on and what are they talking about so I decided to look into it and um, I'll post the link to the articles, but apparently, allegedly, some of their clients are coming forth stating that they have not been treated well by them and they have not received what they pay for. And is even an article stating that the district attorney's office has gotten involved in it, mainly, you know, that, uh, that uh, the... um. The Philadelphia District Attorney's Office has gotten involved with it because there is even like petitions on change.org where these clients are saying that they've paid money, they've been given these elaborate high guarantees of results for certain things that they've paid for. And once they pay the money, they either have slow responses, they don't get what they paid for. And when they complain about it, they're giving negative feedback, if any feedback at all. Some of them have said that they have not received any response from them, that they receive silence, they don't receive calls back. And some of them have even said that they've been threatened as a result of trying to get what they paid for or even get their money back. If that is happening, that's not cool. But that's what the details are about in terms of what the allegations are that he discussed. And I'm assuming what the person was saying about Dana Chanel being a scammer. I don't know whether this is true or not. There is a place where she finally did address this, but neither of them is, is addressing anything in detail from what I've seen. But me having gone through pregnancy a few years ago and childbirth and all, I can understand how that can take you on so many emotional highs and lows and how you have to just remain calm and happy and stress-free during that time. And so, you know, I'm not sure how I would handle it, but I know that my priority would be making sure that my well-being is okay for the child that I'm going to bring into this world. But if that is the case, that is unfortunate for the clients who are victims of this and it's just unfortunate for the entrepreneurship community as a whole because people are already skeptical and when you build such a large platform and you have people following you and looking up to you as the couple that you are as the god-fearing people that you are and as the entrepreneurs that you are you know that hurts from all angles so that's unfortunate but you know me i've never experienced being scammed but I have experienced in cases where I didn't necessarily receive what I paid for, where there have been discrepancies or people that I felt were trying to get over. And sometimes for some people that can put them in a position of never wanting to try or believe again. I've even had situations where I wouldn't necessarily say it was a scam, 
But I would say that maybe the person was trying to get money and did not necessarily, was not necessarily going to be able to provide me what I was looking for. But they were in such a rush to try to get money that it made me feel uncomfortable or uneasy about the situation. And it kind of made me say, you know what, I'm just going to back off from this. So I can understand being in those situations and I can tell you what I've done to kind of combat it and make the best of business to business collaborations and business to business transactions. And I can tell you what I've done to kind of distinguish whether this is a good deal or a bad deal or whether this is something that I'm uneasy about and I need to back off of. So here are some of my tips for avoiding being scammed or just not getting good results or getting unsatisfactory results when you're having a business to business collaboration. So the first thing that I would say is to check their business entity with their state. So there are a lot of people and I can tell you this even from having consults like some people don't have their paperwork together or they're just trying things or doing things without being established yet first and then you know I guess once they get rolling and they'll decide okay this is worth me doing my due diligence and doing my um, paperwork and getting the legalities together so check their business entity with their state and make sure that they have all of that in order before you even decide to move forward in business with them if they don't care about being organized properly then they're not going to care about i mean this is my opinion if they don't care about being organized properly then they may not care about you getting the results that you need to for your business Next, I would say check with organizations like the Chamber of Commerce and the Better Business Bureau, because if this is a pattern or a habit that they have, then this is something that has most likely, um, you know, is most likely not, you're not going to be the first person that they decide, oh, this is going to be my victim. Or even if it was, you know, a misunderstanding, if they're not organized in business and for some reason they're over-promising and under-delivering, then this isn't going to be the first time that that's happened. And I guarantee you, based on my experience, that, you know, I've checked with Better Business Bureaus or a Chamber of Commerce, and I've seen multiple complaints. And then if it's something that I feel uneasy about, then I back off of it. And you should be able to see the same thing. And if it's something that was just a misunderstanding and they've had complaints on somewhere like the Better Business Bureau, then they have an opportunity to respond to that and resolve and make it right. But you'll be able to see that information if you do a search for their company. Number three, I would say check out their website. You should look for contact information on their website. Look for reviews. Look at their about page and the information and details there. See if they have return policies, purchase policies, shipping policies, things like that, depending on what 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 type of product or service that you're doing a business-to-business transaction with. And just look at the overall quality of their site. Because like I, another thing I'm saying, if they don't care enough to put the energy and the effort into their own site, then 
you know, how much are they going to care about providing high quality products and services to you? So checking out, you know, their website, this is criteria that search engines look at as well. And I know because I work with companies prior to having my own company, I worked with companies that did reviews and went through the review process to determine whether this is a high quality website or whether it's not. And so they look for details like, is the contact information there? Is it easily visible and accessible to users of this site? Do they have the privacy policies and the terms of use and everything in place? What are other people saying about this site and what is the quality of it? And people have the option to post what reviews on their website that they want to show but you'll be able to find reviews about them somewhere online or you know somewhere even on social media people speak out and people make their opinions known number four review their portfolio and their testimonials and look at their social proof so on their website if they're claiming that they're a graphic designer a website designer, even if it's a coaching service or, you know, a business consultant, somebody, they're going to want some of their clients to give them reviews and testimonials because that's how you build up to gain other clients and more higher profile or high paying clients. So they should have a portfolio with images of their the products or the things that they create. They should have possibly images or videos of testimonials from their clients. If their clients weren't comfortable doing that, they should still have a testimonial with a first name and a last initial at least. And social proof. Some people are posting these things on social media because nobody, not everybody's going to take the time to click your link, go to your website and search for a review or testimonial. So they're posting things from their portfolios and posting text messages or things from their clients to show, hey, this is what I did for this client. This is how they felt about it. This is how happy they were with it. Even I use that. So you should be able to find somewhere details about the experience that they're giving to their clients and the experience that their clients felt they had. And this is another part of this story where I felt uneasy about giving my money to someone to provide a service for me that I didn't feel like they were capable of providing. I asked this person, do you have any testimonials or do you have anything from your clients giving you feedback on the experience that they had? And this person told me from her company blog or whatever it was, she told me she would not be able to provide me with the details, those details, and that she could not guarantee me any specific result from her product. So that's a red flag for me. I didn't ask you for a name. I didn't ask you for an address. I didn't ask you for an email. I specifically said, do you have any feedback on whether they were satisfied with the service that you provided them? And if you can't even give me I'm happy or I wasn't happy with it, then I can't give you my money. And the fact that, I mean, there are situations where it's like, hey, it's on you to, to put forth your best effort to determine whether this is going to result in what you the the result like if you if you eating chips and cookies and drinking beer all day and you doing this workout I gave you 
then of course you know that you're not going to get the results that I may be telling you to lose 10 pounds in X amount of days. So that's a little bit different. But if I have a platform and I'm providing it to you for advertisement, then you need to make sure that you're reaching out to people who the audience that you have is fitting for the product or service that they're trying to promote. And you need to make sure that you have the engagement and the reach that you need to have in order for that person to want to promote with you. So if you have 100,000 followers and you only getting five likes and you getting one person coming on that post, then how is that going to be beneficial for someone trying to advertise there? Going back to number four, just make sure that you really look into their portfolio, look at the results and the action that they're putting behind what they claim that they say that they're capable of doing and what they do. Number five, ask for references. And in that case, I didn't ask for a reference. I asked for a testimonial, but you have the right in certain situations with products or services to ask for references. And that's something that my clients have done with me. I had a client who asked for basically, you know, can I have a list of the people that you work with and what you work with them on? That's not unreasonable. Now, if you think it's something sketchy where they just trying to take a list of your clients, then you have a right to refuse them that. But also as a business person, if they feel like it's something sketchy about it or they feel like someone is trying to take their clients and they have a right to refuse someone their list of information, but they also do that with the understanding that they have a right to be refused that business. So, but you can't ask for that, you know, ask for references because you want to know that you can do what you said you could do and that you're going to get those results. So, you know, some people will say, hey, I've worked with this client or that client and this is what I've done. And they may even get down to the specifics. It all depends on what they're comfortable with and what their clients are comfortable with. And some of them don't mind that. But ask them, do you have information about who you work with or what you've done for them? Number six, I would say check their reviews. So we talked about checking reviews on their website, but there are reviews everywhere these days. People can review on Facebook. People can review on Yelp. People can review on Google My Business. So it's a lot of different places to check reviews for these clients. And on some of these platforms, they don't have the control to moderate those reviews. So they can't go in and erase them. They can't go in and say, don't publish this. They can respond to it and give an opinion or details about it. But once the review is up, then there's nothing that they can do about it so that means that you get to see the good and the bad about it and there's a difference between a testimonial and a review so a testimonial is basically you're gonna you're basically gonna see positive feedback about who they worked with and the experience that they have a review is you know it can be positive or negative and it can have a combination of positive or negative feedback within it so A person can talk about, well, yeah, they did great work, but it took longer than I expected it to take. Or, well, we had to do a couple of revisions, but, you know, we got it right and I was completely satisfied once we got the final product. So those are examples of a combination of positive or negative reviews. And if you look at the reviews, in addition to the testimonials, you'll get to see a better overall look of what type of experience you may expect to have with working 
with this entrepreneur. Those are the six tips that I have. Number one, check their business entity with the state that they're doing business in. Um, Number two, check with organizations like the Chamber of Commerce and the Better Business Bureau for details about this entrepreneur or this company. Number three, check out their website. Look for contact information, reviews about pages, policies, and look at the overall quality of their site. Number four, review their portfolio and testimonials and review their social proof. Number five, ask for references. And number six, check their reviews. So these are some of the things that I have used to prevent being scammed or prevent having an unsatisfactory experience with business-to-business collaborations. And I hope that you'll incorporate these things. If you have an opinion on what we've discussed in this episode, whether it's the allegations that are going on surrounding Christian entrepreneurs, Dana Chanel and Prince Donnell, if you have a comment on anything that I've said or the tips that I've given you about avoiding being scammed during a business-to-business collaboration, then let me know. If you're listening from Anchor, you can press the record button and provide your feedback. Or if you're listening from my website, you can post your comment or question in the comments below. So I hope you have been entertained or educated or both. The goal is both from this podcast. And come back to join us for more later in the week. And as I always say, dream until your dreams come true.